Welcome to the e-commerce fuel podcast, the show dedicated to helping high six and seven figure entrepreneurs build amazing online companies and incredible lives. I'm your host and fellow e-commerce entrepreneur, Andrew Uderian. Hey guys, Andrew here and welcome to the e-commerce fuel podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today. And today we're picking up the discussion that I started last week with Adam Sarancino from uh, Peak Design. Peak Design is a, a company that creates really innovative products for photographers and also uh, backpacks, messenger bags. They're based out of San Francisco and they are experts, world-class experts, uh, raise over $14 million on Kickstarter to really uh, be able to propel their business. And last week, we talked about really focus on Kickstarter, how, why they focus on the platform, what they do that allows them to be so dangerously good at it in terms of raising funds. Today, we're going to shift the conversation a little bit to talk a little bit more about a couple of things. Culture, one, we start talking about one of their core values there, which is balancing happiness and growth and why they choose to prioritize happiness over growth, especially interesting from Adam, given he's the chief marketing officer there. And then we also talk about just a handful of other market marketing-related items, what's working well for them on a return on ad spend basis today, what Adam thinks is, is kind of going to be a potentially emerging audience or, or, or where he would, where he really is going to be where he thinks he's going to be spending a lot of his marketing attention and budget in the future. We talk about the brick and mortar store they opened in San Francisco and why in the world you would start a brick and mortar store in some of the most expensive real estate in the entire country if you were if you were doing well on, online, talk about uh, contests, things like that. So I uh, hope you enjoy uh, the discussion part two that I have today with Adam. Before I do jump in, I want to thank our two sponsors who make this show possible. First off, big thank you to our friends at Clavio who make email automation easy and powerful. And you've likely heard of Clavio, especially if you've listened to the show for you know any any amount of time. One very cool thing that they've just rolled out recently is their visual flow builder. So a lot of times if you're building out email flows, it can get pretty tricky because especially if you have logic, you know, send people down different different paths based on their, their decisions or what they open or don't open. It can get pretty confusing to visualize it, which is why Clavio built out a drag and drop visualizer to, to make it just easy to build those out. You don't get confused with complex flows. They have analytics and reporting built right in to the editor. So you can you can see at a glance what needs tweaking, what's working, what what potentially could be improved. Very cool. So uh, this is one of the many, many great features for Clavio. So you can check them out and get started and give that visual flow builder a test run at ecommercefuel.com forward slash Clavio. And then secondly, I want to thank the team over at Liquid Web, who offers world-class web hosting for your WooCommerce store. I love these guys. I got to know these guys recently at a conference. I've since moved all of my hosting to them. And a couple of fun facts from, from, from Liquid Web. They've been doing this for 20 years. They use all of their own data centers and all of their own hardware and tech. They don't outsource this all to AWS. If something's wrong, they can walk down the hall and swap out a hard drive, which is pretty cool. And they guarantee any hardware issues, they'll take care of in 30 minutes or less. Any help desk issues, they'll take care of in 30 minutes or less. I've called them on the phone a couple of times to test their service, and I've always been able to get a live tech, stateside tech who knows WooCommerce and WordPress really well on the phone in 35 seconds or less. These guys are amazing. So if you want to host your website, especially if you want to host your WooCommerce store, check them out at ecommercefuel.com forward slash liquid web. All right. That being said, let's go ahead and get into today's discussion with Adam. What do you, so given the fact you remaining small is really important, you got to be super efficient in marketing. There's the whole spectrum of things that 
are are a really good idea to outsource. And then on the other end, speaking from experience, you know, especially on the SEO front and other areas, you can really have that backfire if you're not insanely careful. What things as a as the CMO, the marketing guy for Peak Design, what things do you really try to outsource? Do you think you can get good leverage there relative to the risk or relative to the potential risk of maybe, you know, having your company not marketed or positioned or branded the way you want to? And what things will you absolutely not outsource? It's always kind of a calculation of can do we think we can pay somebody to do this way more effectively than we can if we, you know, tried to learn it or sort of hired somebody to do it in-house. And the things that we outsource right now that we're super happy with is PR. We outsource a lot of our kind of digital marketing, at least in terms of, you know, like the where those ads are being placed and how the spend is being optimized and and how the campaigns are being structured. We use Steelhouse for retargeting. We use Rejoiner for email drip campaigns. We use FuelX for video prospecting. We use AdHoc for managing our AdWords. You know, so when, you know, all of those people specialize in a very kind of specific platform that has a lot of technical know-how behind it. And it's kind of like, do we want to, for every new ad platform or every new tweak to algorithm that that happens, do we really want to spend the time to learn that? Or should we just pay somebody who's really good at it and will continue to be really good at it? So would you say, and and hate to put you in this position as the CMO of the company, but would you say for Peak Design, your guys' core competency is, is absolutely, without a doubt, just creating world-class photography products and that you just leverage contractors, other companies to the best extent possible to be able to market them? I would say that, I mean, most certainly our core competence is designing great products. We are, Peak Design, we are a design company, it's in our name, that is our our products, you know, our solutions to needs is is what defines us and sort of drives our company. From the marketing standpoint, I think our core competency is is brand building, story creation, voice, you know, and and sort of connecting with with people from is basically the qualitative side uh, of our marketing the look and feel and and sort of our yeah our our overarching brand i don't think we would ever outsource you know our core creative roles i don't think we would ever outsource our you know we we outsource some of our customer service but we we do so sort of very judiciously and we work very closely with those teams so when it comes to customer touch points that is, that's our competency as marketers. What's working really well for you right now on an ROI or, or a return on ad spend basis? If you think through, well, maybe excluding Kickstarter, but if you think about all your other channels, kind of, because of course you use Kickstarter, but in between, you know, you, you generate a whole bunch of revenue through your website and other, other means. So what's working really well from, you know, it could be AdWords, it could be, you know, Amazon, it could be something having thought of. What's the best return on, on marketing spend you guys are seeing right now? Right now, we are, we're seeing great returns on video prospecting. Prospecting has always been like a low, you know, it's always just like your lowest ROI part of the funnel. And 
lately, we've been using a shop called FuelX to basically take our, our existing video collateral. And we, we have a, we make all of our videos in-house. We actually have an in-house video guy, Victor. He's awesome. And, and we'll basically take what we've created for products, cut it down into super digestible bits, and then FuelX helps us kind of place those ads as prospecting ads. And it's, it's been like orders of magnitude higher ROI than any other prospecting that we've done. And, and to me, it kind of makes sense. We are, videos are getting more and more easy to consume wherever and whenever you are. Internet speeds are getting faster. Phones are getting faster. It's, you know, you see video on all social networks now. And from our side, we've always felt that our videos are sort of our best, richest storytelling collateral. So I think if you combine those two things, it, it makes sense that video prospecting is a, a strong for us right now. Interesting. And so Fuelex, are they mostly putting those out as uh, as videos on, I'm guessing, largely on Facebook? Is that kind of probably the primary place where they're delivering them and trying to connect with people? I believe so, yeah. Is there any channels, maybe phrased differently, not you, would ha- you wouldn't have to spend 50% of your marketing budget, but anything you see that's that's kind of maybe not working now, but you think is appealing, potentially has legs or potentially has some momentum that could be interesting in three years that isn't getting a lot of exposure right now? I think that the, you know, as I, as I look in the future, I, mobile is just, I, I can't, I, I always feel like maybe I'm overthinking something, some sort of important shift that's happening towards mobile. Certainly, like the percentage of our sales, the percentage of our sessions, all of those things have been skewing mobile consistently ever since we started. And and so, you know, we perhaps there are, you know, I, I know that there's sort of already platforms to kind of allow you to build a sort of hybrid mobile website slash app experience. And I, and I just imagine that moving forward, those technologies are going to change and improve. Right now, we just have a responsive website, which, you know, five, six years ago was like the brand new thing in town. So I'm kind of assuming that our next biggest marketing expenditure is going to be sort of rebuilding our website just to kind of A, to, to stay up to date, but B, to really solve for mobile experience and conversion a lot better. And, you know, perhaps that means we'll just be thinking of our website primarily from a mobile standpoint moving forward as opposed to a, as opposed to sort of this thing that exists on all platforms. And you guys recently opened or are planning, I believe, on opening a, a brick and mortar store in in San Francisco. And and I'd love to hear kind of the rationale behind why it, it seems like you guys are kind of focused on saying tight knit. seems incredibly expensive for a brand that's already well known online in terms of relative to the increased sales you would get. What what's driving the idea to go brick and mortar for for your company? Or at least having a brick and mortar presence? Yeah. So, well, we, we opened the Peak Design flagship store in San Francisco in December, and it's been up and running now for a few months. And got a thanks. It's, it is, it's a freaking blast. We have events there on a weekly basis. We get a ton of foot traffic. There's other 
there, there's a bunch of other small companies and, and stuff right in the in in the location. So it's like a real fun part of town. So we we did it. it yes, it it was expensive. It, it's definitely opening a brick and mortar store is in many ways a luxury that we've been afforded by you know running a, a profitable business and kind of growing to the point where we are over the last six or seven years. But we did it for a lot of reasons. We did it because we wanted to be closer to our local community. We wanted a place where we could sort of have face-to-face interaction with like the local creative and environmental and outdoor community in San Francisco. We did it to, we did it to learn, you know, there's, there's a ton we have a huge wholesale network. Our products are in, you know, REI and Best Buy and tons of retail stores all over the world. But there's a ton you can learn from just having your own retail store and watching people come in and interact with products and knowing the questions that they're asking and kind of seeing those aha moments on their faces when they experience a certain feature or product. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a, uh, a combination of of wanting to deepen our understanding of, of our customers and, and also just get closer Very to that. Cool. And if anyone's in the Bay Area or visiting where, maybe not exact address, but rough area where it is in case they want to swing in and check it out. 529 Hayes Street, Hayes Valley. Nice. Okay, cool. I'll have to swing in next time in the Bay Area. It sounds, I'd love to see it. Last thing I want to ask you about, at least in terms of the topic, is contests. Are they a meaningful part of how you of you how you market either for the Kickstarters or just kind of traditionally? Do you guys are are they really effective for you guys? I would at one point I think they were. They're certainly a meaningful way of how we build our email list. You know that is that's really the main thing that our our contests do these days is build. You know, it, it's basically kind of a contract where. We say, hey, we'll give you the chance to win stuff and you just sign up for our email. And, you know, people are pretty, pretty willing to do that. And so that, that's really what they what they do for us. We used to manage contests ourselves where we get a bunch of brands together and and, you know, set up a big giveaway and build a landing page and stuff. And now so many of our of the of the brands that we collaborate with are do them themselves that it's I have so many incoming requests from other companies that's like, hey, does Peak Design want to be part of this contest? That I almost don't have to do them myself anymore. We just kind of say, yeah, sure, we'll do it. And I, I'd say the one thing about that is, is that like it's, you know, if you're going to get emails from a contest and then build your email list and then just kind of email them sales junk. That's, I think it's kind of a smarmy tactic. I think the, I think you can, you can sort of do it in a more noble manner. If you really sort of a give people a super easy way to opt out and B just give them interesting content and not, you know, don't just try and sell them stuff, try and try and teach them something, try and entertain them, give them something that they're like, happy to remain subscribed to. So when you mentioned you a lot of times give away stuff to get people on your email list, 
Is that something you do just on your homepage? Do you have software that you use to facilitate that maybe on social or, or is that just something where you were talking about where people approach you, you give away a product to them as part of the giveaway and then any of the email addresses, they also get shared on your guys' email list? I mean, the, the latter is, is sort of what we do more regularly now. The When we do kind of host our own things, we will, I've used viral sweep where I just kind of create a widget in a page on our website and then promote that page via social media. We've done them directly on Instagram before and just ask people to hashtag things. And, and then we'll just kind of, you know, maybe it'll be an adjudicated photo competition and we'll just pull up the photos there. So yeah, there's, there's a few ways of doing it, but yeah, like I said, largely nowadays we're, we're just hopping on third party, third party parties. Adam, before I let you go, I want to do a, a quick lightning round with you that has very little to do with what we've been talking about so far, mostly just for fun. So yeah, if you're, if you're just hitting me with fast rapid fire answers, I'll start tossing these in at you. Sweet. If you had to identify the number one thing you're trying to optimize your life for right now, what would it be? Yard work. <laughs> of course. I can't believe I haven't heard that one yet. I mean, I just got, I, I bought a house a year ago and it's got like a nice, like not big, but nice yard. And I was super stoked about it. And then I was like, oh man, this takes constant maintenance. So I don't know, maybe get a goat. That's kind of like a leading <laughs> hypothesis is that. Any, anyone listening who's a goat farmer has a goat that they can connect us with, get a hold of me and we'll, we'll get it. To, we'll get to Adam and Austin. Awesome. My wife would be stoked. <laughs> Canon, Nikon, or another brand given you guys are a photography company, more or less. I shoot, I shoot Sony. Uh, oh, nice. And so do a, a lot of us. Who's someone you strongly disagree with? Secretary of the Interior, Ryan Zinke. Nice. Uh, he's a Montana boy. No offense against Montanans. No, he's a, he's a controversial guy here in Montana as well. So how much money is enough? What would be your number? So this is money in the bank. You could still definitely work, you know, in the future if you wanted to. You'd feel like it was enough. I mean, I've never run the calculation. I feel like I've got, I feel like I make enough and I've got enough right now, certainly to, you know, afford, you know, I could, I could really simplify my life to the point where I already have enough. So, you know, that's just, it's really just a matter of me indulging myself in luxuries that I don't necessarily need. <laughs> I'm going to push you a little more. You can either, either give like an annual amount that you need, like in an income per year or amount of money in the bank. Um, amount of money in the bank. I think if I probably had like a million dollars in the bank, I, it seems like that would mean I could, I, I would never really have to do anything again and just kind of live frugally off that. What's the, uh, what's the worst investment you've made in the last 10 years? iPhone seven plus. <laughs> I know this is the lightning round, but want to quickly expand on that? It's too big. And it's, it's just uh, so buggy and just frustrates me way more than it delights me. And maybe, you know, I'm just being whiny. It's amazing. Like it's, it's a super computer in my pocket and it can do anything. And yeah, I'm, I'm just being whiny, but it's, it's sitting right in front of me and, you know, it's an easy target. What's the best investment that you've made in the last 10 years? table saw. Oh, nice. What was the uh, first CD you ever owned? That would be Salt and Peppa, Very Necessary. <laughs> I was the 
I believe uh, Shoop was track number three on that. <laughs> but, Isn't it amazing how you remember where the tracks and the songs are on the CDs? Yeah, I, I mean, any CD that's come out since 2006, I, I have no idea. And finally, Bitcoin, if you had to predict a price two years, let's say, let's say five years from now, do you think it's between, you have to pick one of the two, closer to zero or closer to 100,000? I think it's worthless. Worth, so closer to zero. I hope it's worthless. You short Bitcoin? Are you massively short Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah, I'm just not buying it and I'm sick of listening to it. So, Oh, awesome. Adam, this has been a lot of fun, man. I, I've admired what you've done and, and uh, Peak has done for, for years and uh, both from the marketing side and also from the product side. And so to, to get a chance to, to bring you on and, and grill you for a while, uh, hopefully in a in not too abusive manner on, on this kind of stuff and like learn the story and, and hear behind the scenes is super cool. So if you haven't checked these guys out, we'll link up to all of their, their Kickstarters in the show notes. If for nothing else, even if you don't like photography, the videos are just a blast, super entertaining and fun to watch. And if you're in photography, into photography, uh, what you probably already know about these guys. So make sure to check out their work, peakdesign.com. Adam, thanks for taking the time, man. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Andrew. I'm uh, totally honored to be here. So I really appreciate it. That's going to do it for this week's episode. But if you enjoyed what you heard and are interested in getting plugged into a dynamic community of experienced store owners, check us out at ecommercefuel.com. Ecommerce Fuel is the private vetted community for e-commerce entrepreneurs. And what makes us different is that we really heavily vet everyone that is a member to make sure that they're a great fit, that they can add value to a broader community. Everyone that joins has to be doing at least a quarter million dollars in sales via their store. And our average member does over seven figures in sales annually. So if you'd like to learn more, if that sounds interesting, you can learn more and apply for membership at ecommercefuel.com. And also have to thank our two sponsors that make the show possible, Liquid Web. If you are on WooCommerce or you're thinking about getting onto WooCommerce, Liquid Web is who you should have host your store, particularly with their managed WooCommerce hosting. It's highly elastic and scalable. It's got built-in tools to performance test your store so you can be confident it's going to work well. And it's built from the ground up for WooCommerce. And you can learn more about their offering at ecommercefuel.com forward slash liquid web. And finally, Clavio for email marketing, they make email segmentation easy and powerful. They integrate with just about every card out there and help you build incredibly automated, powerful segments that make you money on autopilot. You can check them out and get started for free at clavio.com. Thanks so much for listening and looking forward to seeing you again next Friday. Want to connect with and learn from other proven e-commerce entrepreneurs? Join us in the e-commerce fuel private community. It's our tight knit vetted group for store owners with at least a quarter million dollars in annual sales. You can learn more and apply for membership at ecommercefuel.com. Thanks so much for listening. And I'm looking forward to seeing you again next time.